Hello and welcome back to Fashion Pod 101. My name is Rachel Sadler and today's episode is Flashback Friday, the new weekly segment where I'm going to share what I know about a different designer, new and old. So today's episode is going to be about Bill Gibb. Now, this is a designer I didn't know anything about, never heard of, didn't know anything about him or his absolutely stunning work. If you've not heard about him, definitely give him a Google. Um, Until I uh, was offered a piece to buy by one of my uh, friend's mums, who um, was a gardener, and it's a long story, I know. And she um, had a lady who wanted to sell some of her vintage clothing, and she had the most amazing knitted uh, Bill Gibb, like, cardigan poncho jacket thing. It was absolutely incredible. As soon as I saw it, I was just like, wow, the design of it is unreal. Uh, the colours were vibrant. It was amazing. The, one, the nicest knitted thing I've ever seen. What a sentence. <laughs> and uh, after I uh, bought the cardigan off this lovely lady, I then did a bit of research and I was sh- shocked and stunned that I did not know anything about him. So we are going, I'm going to share with you what I know about him now and why you should be uh, keeping your eye out for any of his pieces because... They are highly collectible and very hard to find because he specialised in knitwear and uh, unfortunately knitwear is does have its number one fan, the moth. So they do get uh, into a, b- a lot of bad condition after uh, a while. So he is Scottish, grew up on a small dairy farm and was always... Um, interest in drawing and stuff he was his talent was actually noticed by his art teacher at school uh, which encouraged him to move to london in 1962 he was born in 1943 he studied in the very famous st martin's school of art which we have all heard of it's now called central st martin's school it's like where loads of massive designers have gone um alexander mcqueen studied there so a very key fashion school one of the best in the world um uh, he struggled with the making aspects of the course as his talents were in the designing of the garments and at one point he considered giving up. I also did fashion design at uni. Um, I'm not even pretending I'm anywhere near his level or anything in the same realm. <laughs> but I actually went to uni because I wanted to understand how to make clothes and I can draw them and design them. Can I make them? No. It's very hard. <laughs> um, the Dean of St Martin's however spotted his potential and encouraged him to preserve... Uh, persevere not sorry persevere with the construction process he eventually graduated first in his year and gained a scholarship to the royal college of art in 1966 under the legendary jc ironside at this stage of his career it was clear from his sketchbooks and research that he had a fascination with historical dress with both the renaissance and byzantinian styles playing large part in this he actually failed to complete his studies at rca uh, he was distracted with his involvement in the Yardley London Look Award in New York and a new, bo- new boutique called Alice Paul in Kensington. The London Look Award led to the commission of an entire collection from Gibb and he set about researching for this on a tour of America with his friends and creative partner, the painter, I always say his name, Kath Fassett. Alice Paul Boutique was started with three friends and ran from 67 to 69. Gibb provided the designs and the others provided the business and making skills. He also took a pattern cutter called oh, Neves Lozian, who would stay with him for the rest of his career. The design was a very typical late 60s London style with lots of mini skirts, maxi capes, catering to the existing mar- market rather than attempting to be radical. He was also working for a manufacturer, Baccarat, 
between 69 and 72. Now, you see a lot of these pieces on eBay if you want to grab yourself a bit of a bargain. Uh, by 1970, Gibb was being more influenced by the hippie movement, and which, situ- which suited his loves of mixing prints and experimenting with patterned knitwear, which he is known for. His growing popularity led to the creation of Bill Gibb room at Harrods in London, you know, that little shop you may have heard of. Twiggy even wore one of his dresses to the premiere of premiere of The Boyfriend in 71. The publicity this garnered had a huge impact on his blossoming career. At around the same time, he was invited by the Federation of Embroidery in Austria to design a collection which represents its 21 members. Here he met Kate Franklin, who became his business, par- business partner and encouraged him to launch Bill Gibb Limited in 1972. He launched with a collection and totally new theme using animals and nature to inspire the trim his work tr- inspire and trim his work. Throughout his career, the clothes showed dramatic variety. He was fond of plain leather suede and wool crepes, sometimes left plain but often decorated with lavish embroidery and unusual trimmings. The quirky bee motif being his main fam- most famous. The extraordinary mixed prints in cottons crushed contrasted with exquisite evening wear in slinky, colourful draped jersey and shimmering fairy tale ball gowns. The shapes are voluminous, romantic, inspired by history and fantasy. He became most famous for his extraordinary knitwear designs, undeniably inspired by Scottish origins. Now this really is his most famous most famous work. If you um need if you want to get a true sense of Bill Gibbon and what his designs are about, you need to look at his knitwear because they are unreal the detail that goes into them the clashing prints the colors are, are beautiful uh, they were initially machined hand machined by mildred bolton who worked for gibbs design and kate Fassett's swatches they later found a manufacturer uh, in leicester harry green of golds in leicester who was prepared to take on a very complex design on a larger scale bolton did carry on hand knitting smaller scale designs for gibbs labels though the network was one of his most successful ventures creating countless fans of beautiful subtle palettes and extraordinary mixes of colors Gibb was really was a true artist, and the extraordinary creations were amongst the nearest that British designer got to Hood Couture. <laughs> he designed a lot of theatrical, and often he had to reject large numbers of designs because they were just simply not saleable, which made the design process very long and drawn out for him. He was also still and for first foremost a designer in ink. He relied on an army of pattern cutters and made makers as transit transfer his designs from page into reality like so many designers of the british boutique movement he often struggled with the realities of business and several times found his business on the verge of collapse in 1980 saw him surviving the design as saw him surviving by designing a small capsule collection for manufacturers and creating one-off garments for faithful clients he showed at london fashion week and a collaboration with Facet in 1985 to renewed critical acclaim and looked like his career might be on the up again. However, Gibb very sadly and untimely died of bowel cancer in 1988 before he had the opportunity to fully re-establish himself as a Brit- in the British fashion world, which is very sad because he died very young because he's actually only born in 1943, so it's really young, isn't it? But his work is beautiful and it really does sort of sum up the British sort of design movement and its quirkiness and how it has been long established as being quirky and the centre of design. Thank you so much for joining me uh, today's episode. My name is Rachel Sadler and today has been Fashion Pod 101, your daily fashion podcast. See you tomorrow.